You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. Hi, and welcome to Women at Warp, a Star Trek podcast. Join us on our continuing mission to explore intersectional diversity in infinite combinations. My name is Kennedy, and thanks for tuning in. With me today are Grace. Hello! And Alisa. Hi, hi. All right, so before we get into our main topic, we have a little bit of housekeeping to do first. Our show is made possible by our patrons on Patreon. If you'd like to become a patron, you can do so for as little as a dollar per month and get awesome rewards. From thanks on social media up to silly watch-along commentaries. Visit patreon.com slash womenatwarp for more info. You looking for podcast merch? Yeah, you are. Of course you want to wear our threads. Check out our Tee Public store. There are so many designs, with new ones being added all the time. And so much more than just t-shirts. Myself, I have a cool tote with my face on it. It's great. You can get a tote with my face on it, too. <laughs> Find it at tpublic.com slash stores slash women at warp. Uh, this episode is brought to you by a Patreon request. Bim, 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 bim. Patreons! This comes to us from our dear friend, Zach Cody. Hey, Zach! Hey! He had a really cool idea asking us to cover traditions, rituals, religions, all that influence from dead people in Star Trek. All that great dead people influence. Love it. Right, right? Voices from the grave, essentially. <laughs> he he gave us a little bit of backstory explaining that he grew up Catholic and how it warped his sense of a lot of things and how he's taken the time to decondition from some of that programming and uh, hashtag relatable content, because I am there with you. Mm-hmm. But he had a really cool nugget here that I wanted to share with you all. Star Trek has touched on traditions and rituals a little bit. In Next Generation, we see a lot of Klingon traditions with Worf that I feel are mostly framed positively, such as the tea ceremony in Up the Long Ladder. We also see a more critical look at tradition in DS9's Ascension. There are also some instances where Star Trek tried to take a positive or neutral stance on tradition, but ended up being wrong or offensive, as in the case with the portrayal of Native culture in Voyager. Womp womp! (laughs) There's also a whole bunch of examples or traditional slash ritualistic combat, uh, amok time probably being the most obvious. Well, thank you so much, Zach, for sending that in, because you picked the right ones. (laughs) There's loads of stuff to get into. Uh, The first thing I wanted to differentiate, really, is, is the difference. Is there a difference between tradition, ritual, and religion. I feel that religion probably has a little bit more of the spiritual influence into it, whatever one's creed may be. Ritual being more of a a practical day-to-day, perhaps, thing where you're physically doing something or interacting with an object or an individual in a pre-prescribed way. Whereas tradition is is more like, yeah, we, we do this thing because we always have done this thing. It's just a thing we do. Mm-hmm. It's just a thing we do. Somebody's yeah. grandma started this thing and now we all do this thing. No biggie. <laughs> Would you all agree to that, that distinction there? Does that sound reasonable? Just about, yeah. Yeah, I think obviously there's also like these are, this is kind of like a Venn diagram because there is ritual so and tradition in religion. Yeah. And you can have rituals and traditions that are not religious. Like if you think about Thanksgiving, like carving a turkey is both a ritual and a tradition, but it's not religious. Yeah. Right. Can you have religion? Yeah, I think you can have religion without yeah. ritual or tradition. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. I think religion probably encompasses all these things. And then you can have the other two right. carved out separately or together. So none of these things are mutually exclusive, right. but they all can overlap. Uh-huh, lots right. of overlap. And we see that in a number of different groups all throughout the Star Trek universe. I would say that Starfleet is a great example of a tradition-based species. There's not too much influence from spirituality, so it's not really a religion. There are some ritualistic elements to it, 
but I feel like it's more of a tradition at this point, right? Yeah, you can't tell me like the ceremonies of someone receiving their pips or a commendation isn't like kind of ritualized. Right. But at the same time, like they're supposed to be a post class society. So no one really cares about that kind of stuff, which makes me feel like it leans more towards tradition. But like we say, those two can kind of the the lines can be kind of blurry there. Mm-hmm. The main example I was thinking is the fact that they still christen ships, new ships with okay. champagne. Mm-hmm. That's a I don't think it's too much. I mean, they used to be like a, a maritime ritual. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of ship based traditions with the starships that are pretty irrelevant, but you know, still just are a thing they do. Right, right. It creates a, a sense of structure mm-hmm. that members of other species can you know have like a blueprint to leave a reference point if you will that they can adhere to that doesn't or at least shouldn't infringe upon you know any kind of belief system that they have coming into it i was thinking about it and a, a good example of a ritualistic species would be the vulcans oh yeah they love their rituals they're all about that mm-hmm. the meditation the lighting of the candles the thinking the pondering <laughs> the suppressing all of that stuff <laughs> dude you just described hebrew school right there oh no that's like that's like wait that's like sunday school is this the Yay! same is this the same there's overlap again right vulcans and their meditation they love lighting their candles and burning their incense yeah but there's there's no i, I don't know if tradition necessarily would i mean maybe inherently because it's something that they've passed down but they passed it down because it makes sense not because it's something they've always done you know that as a culture though they feel it's too important to just say it's a tradition oh no they're like no 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 this is an important ritual that's been done since the dawn of time it's like that sounds like a tradition like a thing that you guys just do out of habit but has meaning to you that's a tradition and a ritual but they're they're far too uh up their own backsides to admit that anything is as illogical as just we do it because we've always done it i I feel like i don't know i can't believe i'm making an argument for a vulcan here this is what (laughs) day is it universe is this this timeline is weird guys i feel like in the vulcan sense in, in terms of defining ritual versus tradition from their perspective We've established that tradition can be a little loose, right? When Starfleet's christening their their ships, it doesn't have to be a specific champagne. It doesn't have to be thrown at a specific angle, right? You do know that there's always at least one super obnoxious crewman who's like, actually, it's only champagne if it comes from the champagne region of France. Oh my god. It can't be replicated. Oh my god, oh my god. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a little bit looser in terms of the thing that that you do. Whereas... Uh, a ritual is more like it has to be done mm-hmm. a specific mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Which is, you know, where you, I can't remember if it was you, Grace, or you, Elisa, that raised this point earlier. Religion kind of does all of these things. Mm-hmm. A great example of that being the Bajorans and their prophets and their earrings yeah. and their prayers and their all of their things. We do see a lot of rituals from them as well. Yeah. And a lot of tradition. They're super tradition based. Yeah. Like, the first one thing that pops into my mind tradition wise is the Kai and how mm-hmm. like who serves as a Kai and when how long they serve as a Kai for that all feels very based in tradition. Right. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that we see them have like uh, we have they have their gratitude festival and they have a time of abstaining, which a lot of cultures have in different respects where they just, you know, don't don't eat or drink a lot and are right. not having fun. And that's uh, that's very much a traditional thing. I'm pretty sure you won't get kicked out of the Bajoran religion if you don't do it perfectly, but it is something that they do, mm-hmm. just culturally. Right. Unlike the Klingons, where if you don't make the candles made <laughs> rendered from targ fat under the full moon in the third month while you're on your period, it'll be unacceptable to your possibly new mother-in-law. <laughs> and you have brought dishonor upon your future house, so... right. So uh, Klingon's a great example of of where things blend in a different direction, right? Yeah. Because they made it clear that they don't have a religion in the sense that there's no gods that they pray to. But they got a shitload of rituals, though. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of them are, are straight-up rituals, and a lot of them are traditions mm-hmm. where the line gets a little blurry. For example, uh, when Worf got the pain sticks. Right? Always with the pain sticks. Weird, weirdo. Like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure 
it wasn't like a proper ritual in that it was holographic and you know he wasn't on the home world and and you know they had to make all of these adjustments to even bring this opportunity to him right so at this point he's more fulfilling the ri- the the tradition rather than the actual ritual itself which i think is a great way to bring us to our next point is like are these various customs truly being respected in this in this universe or are they being tolerated is it something that everybody's faith gets you know, a pass when it comes to certain things in certain instances, or is there a limit? Do we do we do we put infringement upon a person's right to worship or not, or observe a tradition or otherwise? I think only Starfleet HR would know for sure, but it does raise a lot of questions. We do see a lot of people's a lot of different layers of respecting cultures, specifically as they're represented in Starfleet. Like we see Rolaire and Told lose the religious earring, but Worf gets to wear his baldric. There's a lot of mm-hmm. inconsistency there. And you've got to wonder if that has to do with just whoever is in charge that week or how intensely someone is tied personally to their culture or their religion. Yeah. Because there are levels of flexibility there. There are people who, you know, there are people who are born again in their religion. There are those people who have just are just culturally part of it because it's how they were raised. There's all different manner of it. So you you really do have to wonder where the respect lies in Starfleet, at least. Yeah. And in that instance that you brought up, Grace, specifically, mm-hmm. that was Riker being a dick. Yeah. Right? Because, like you say, Worf's able to wear his baldric, so why can't Ro wear her, her earring? He was being a jerk face. He was being a jerk. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think we have it come up again on Voyager when uh, Tuvok is training Starfleet Starfleet and McKee officers who haven't really fit in with the crew. There's a whole bit of, I'm going to need you to lose the earring, or uh, that conversation comes up again. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe earrings aren't regulation. Earrings do seem like they would be kind of dangerous in terms of if you've ever had an earring get caught on something, that'll yeah. put you out of commission for a few minutes. Yeah, it's true. But then again, someone a baldric, like that shit could yeah. get snagged on something. Mm-hmm. That's an accident waiting to happen. All it takes is the right bulkhead to crack. <laughs> you gotta believe that the Bajorans learned to invest in clip-on earrings. So yeah. for convenience sake. This is spacefaring species for a long-ass time, okay? I'm yeah. pretty sure those are breakaway links. It'll be fine. <laughs> and if we can have, like, casual wear to fill in, I'm pretty sure they can have, like, less invasive jewelry that you can wear to still, you know, show your faith on the bridge. Yeah. In fact, President Rillick had a really cool cuff in yeah. a recent episode of Discovery. That at first I was like, oh, she's missing her, her earring. But then I was like, wait, it's a Bajoran cuff. It was like a cool, like, nod to, I don't know, whatever her pa's supposed to be. I, I still say her pa a little funky, her mm. pa stick. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's a sketchy pa. This is it's kind of stink. It kind of stink. I don't know what it is. <laughs> anyway, sorry, sidebar. But there's there's a tradition there that's being observed, right? Yeah. I doubt mm-hmm. that she's praying to prophets and doing observing the gratitude festival, but she still wears a cuff on that ear. But yeah, yeah, I feel like there are certain elements to it that are a concern when it comes to the practicality, like you were saying, Grace. But then some of it, I hope I would hope that it would be up to the commander's discretion, right? Like, you, you would hope that, that the individual would be knowledgeable enough about their crew, first and foremost, to know what it is they're being, like, what, what tradition or what ritual that they're observing. But also to know, you know, like, hey, not everybody, not everybody does things the same way that you do. Therefore, how they do it isn't necessarily wrong. Back when I was doing a previous job, I was in a position that required a lot of like training in, okay, what is, what is appropriate? What is the stuff that you need to be respectful of in the workplace? You know, the standard HR stuff. But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we, I, we got to have this amazing guest speaker come in to talk and she's like, okay, one of the things that I see people get a lot of pushback on is people who want regular prayer breaks. Like if you have to take the regular daily Muslim prayer breaks, there are people Mm -hmm, who mm -hmm. feel like they shouldn't have to accommodate that, which is, yeah, which is not cool on many levels. But according to her, they're like, well, 
you, you can't just give them a bunch of breaks throughout the day for this thing that's, you know, meaningful to only them personally. And her, and she's like, the general response that I give is, well, how many smoke breaks do you give everyone else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many, how many things for, how many breaks for essential necessities do you already give? And how many of those are you closing off because this isn't something that you culturally are personally associated with? Right. People yeah. are taking smoke breaks because they're trying not to choke you out, Karen. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, how about you just give me my five minutes every couple hours and leave me the hell alone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking about that, I feel like we don't ever really see that in Trek. I, I just can't think of any examples of seeing a crew member who is like, oh, I'm going to go take my prayer break or, you know, something like requesting time off for. Well, you know what? I'm going to correct myself because even though we don't see that in the kind of like every day to day minutia episodes, we do see things like Worf coming back from that, like, what was it? The Sword of Kalesh competition or something like that. Yeah, his Batleth battle. Yeah, the Batleth competition. (laughs) Batleth competition where he was married to Troy for a hot second, skeeved all of us out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, like, there, we do see that. We just don't see very much of like, we don't see much religious diversity, obviously, in Trek. Not that yeah. not to veer off into that topic. No, it's absolutely that's to- that's a topical topic. Yeah, it is kind of like part of this conversation. It's hard to gauge this question whether customs and rituals are truly respected in Trek or merely tolerated because we don't have much to go on. It feels like right, which makes me feel like the right people aren't being included in the rooms. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Right when you have people. From, uh, here we are, intersectional diversity and infinite combinations. If you had more Islamic people in these rooms, you would have somebody take a break every every couple hours or so. The closest we saw to that is in Lower Decks. There's a hijabi crew member mm-hmm. who's just chilling, looking fab in her matching scarf, right? The uh, closest thing that I can think of to an instance that you brought up, Alisa, was in Deep Space Nine, whenever there was a Bajoran holiday... You know, the school would be closed. Yeah. Mm, right. And and yeah. Jake and Nog would get into some foolishness. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So if if the school if the children aren't going to school on these days, one would assume that the crew members in the militia aren't serving. So that means I guess in that case the Starfleet officers are doing double duty. I don't know. But I mean we don't we don't really see it. We know that Christmas gets celebrated. We know they still have Christmas parties and stuff in the future where yeah. people get hammered and make out. Right. So I, I think, and I think, and this is you know me just throwing this out here. I think in lieu of bringing in a more accurate representation of humanity's ritualistic practices into these rooms, they the writers just chose to err on the side of caution mm-hmm. and you know completely blanch everything out, which I guess is. If I can't play with it, you can't play with it either. Kind of attitude, which is fine, but it also. <laughs> You know, who's to say what kind of cultural traditions, like even if you want to remove the religious element from it, right? There's cultural things that people aren't doing. I bet money the Cisco's probably celebrated Kwanzaa, you know? When I think about the seven principles of Ma'at and what they're meant to, you know, invoke and remind us of within the community, like, that's definitely a Cisco thing to do, you know? I could see Jake maybe not being into it, but I could definitely, <laughs> I can, I can see like, you know, Joseph Cisco being like, well, how, when do we light this candle now? You know, <laughs> but I could see him getting behind like, oh, part of this ritual is, you know, you're supposed to feast every night. So I could see him get behind it from that. Oh element. yeah. He would totally get behind that part. <laughs> but as far as like the whole cultural preservation element, I could see that being lost on those other two generations. I see, I can see, totally see the Cisco doing something like that. Of course, Space Jesus would (laughs) celebrate Kwanzaa. (laughs) There's also one thing that you've really got to bear in mind when we're talking about ritual and how, ritual, religion, all this, how it's represented in Star Trek, and that was that coming at it from the original series, Gene Roddenberry really did have this idea of secular humanism that he wanted to be um, enforcing that humanity was beyond a lot of concepts of religion and tradition of the past and that humanity had become kind of this single homogenized culture that seems like an idea he was really that they were really trying to push and it doesn't always carry very well and also when you homogenize entire cultures you definitely 
get rid of stuff that's culturally important. Things are made irrelevant that aren't necessarily going to be irrelevant to the people who are watching and that, you know, are not necessarily going to fade away overnight. Which is really interesting because we have so much of this Vulcan ritual behavior used as this sort of exotifying thing to show, oh, they're so different and alien. So it's really interesting how that's kind of a double-edged thing, how on one hand they're like, oh yeah, humanity passed past ritual. Ritual is irrelevant, but then look at all this space ritual, isn't it? Wow! Look at how primitive these people are with their traditions. And also, look how wise these space elves are with their old-time religions and sex fighting. Wow! Part of what I was taught kind of growing up is that tradition is the thing that you do every day. Ritual is the thing you whip out when uh, house guests are around to go, hey, look at what we do, huh? Cool, right? Hmm. Mm. Or at least that's how that's how I was told to do it when uh, my parents wanted me to get better at chanting Hebrew. Like, you're going to be able to impress all the goys with this. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> but you raised an interesting point there, Grace. When you When you homogenize a whole bunch of things... You know, calling something a melting pot is not the flex people mm-hmm. think it is. Oh, no. Especially mm-hmm. not when it comes from traditions, be they, you know, religious or, or cultural, right? Yeah. When it becomes, when you think of it as a melting pot, that means even the slightest bit of representation of that niche expression of, of culture or language, right? You, you're, you're leaving people out. And it... Like you were saying, like if you if you don't include anybody for the sake of not offending anybody, then you're inherently still going to offend someone because they're not being represented there, and you don't you don't see the nuances. And God knows we've had some representation problems with Star Trek in the past. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like there's nuances to representation. You can't just hit us with two, three, four strong black girl characters and think that's representation because not all of us are built like that, right? Not all of us are built like that. We all want to be Michael, but most of us are a Beckett. And we're not even like a, a full 10 Beckett. We're like a two Beckett. You know what I mean? Like not all of us are, are there for that. When you, when, you, when you omit certain cultures, you know, you run the risk of of getting the representation incorrect when you finally do it, right? You run the risk of marginalizing an already marginalized group. And it, it, it also, like, facilitates harmful discourse in the fandom, right? If you just yeah. put more people out there that are representative of, of all of these different groups because no culture exists in a monolith, then you won't have to worry about, you know putting three, four, five black girls out there. You won't have to worry about nitpicking about how a word is pronounced from one culture to another. You can just be like, hey, here's several different representations, several different examples of how this person does things from this culture, how this person does things from 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 this planet. You know what I mean? Like, if, if, if there's more of it, we don't have to worry about making one person the flagship or the mm-hmm. ambassador. It's, yeah. it's literally impossible. They don't have to be, like, the load-bearing character for representing an entire massive, diverse group of people. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and you, you no longer, you know, face the burden of just incorporating a whole bunch of stereotypes yeah. just to make sure someone feels represented. Like, I know somebody who hates Harry Kim. And I was like, How? first of all, what is wrong with you? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Are you okay? Do you need a hug? Have you eaten today? Because this is crazy. This is foolishness that you're talking. And he was like, no, I hate it. I hate the fact that this dude is a people pleaser, that he tries really hard, and that his parents are like dragon parents, and that he plays a classical instrument and is all these stereotypical things that not all Asian people do, and I'm sick of it. And I was like, Mm. oh, shit, I didn't even think about it like Mm -hmm. that. You know what I mean? So I'm sure that that, that intersection is important when it comes to traditions and rituals and religions as well. And I just feel like if there were more people represented in these spaces, we, we wouldn't have to worry about how accurate that representation is for a single individual. Mm-hmm. Here, here. Absolutely. I also think, I think, going back to uh, the Roddenberry mandate of uh, <laughs> having it be like pan-humanism and yeah. secular, 
I think it's really interesting that that vision basically says, well, on Earth, we all figured out that we're all the same and that's nice and la la la. But then out in space, it's like the Wild West because there's this species and this species. Like the diversity is out in the out in these in space where it's dangerous and there's lots of like problems to solve and things like that. And diversity is part of that world. But on Earth, we're good. You know what I mean? Diversity is part of the boogeyman in the situation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like that. I think that's really interesting. If you dive down into what that really says. I think it's kind of saying we feel safe when everyone is just like us. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 nail on the head right there. That is some stereotypical human shit, and I am ashamed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not a great message if no. yeah, if you look at it like that. I love that we're also doing this episode during late December because then we get to draw the parallel between the whole the war on Christmas thing. Oh, there's all, every year there's hand-wringing about how, well, they want to represent all of the different cultures. So now you just can't say Merry Christmas anymore. You have to say Happy Holidays. And it's like, well, maybe just calling it a war on your personal culture is kind of oversimplifying it. And like every every year you see some kind of weird influx of boomer memes about how it's like, Oh man, now you got to make sure everybody is accepted at the school Christmas pageant. It's got to be like a pan holiday festival, whatever. And it's like, um, no, we we kind of always wanted that. You just weren't giving it to us. And honestly, sometimes when you try and do it now, it really comes off as uncomfortable and kind of cringy. Right, because they don't bother to do their research. Exactly. Yeah. Care. It's a certain. <laughs> it's a certain pathology yeah. to people in that generation and, and others who share that mindset where I had to struggle and I didn't have this, so you shouldn't have to have it either. Like, why why should I partake and share your suffering when we can just do better? Like, you should what? either suffer or I should be allowed to phone it in. Yeah, well, it sounds like that sounds like a you problem, Carl. <laughs> sounds like a you problem. Oh, goodness. So I guess to answer the question, uh, I would say that customs and, and rituals and such are tolerated in Trek, especially with that, that zinger that Elisa just blessed us with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Humans! What are our faves? What are our favorite religions and traditions and stuff in Trek? Because I also want to talk about our least faves. And we're going to omit, you know, a Kuchimoya, because that's everybody's least fave. Yeah! Is that code of honor? Is, wait, what is what is that? Okuchimoya. That was what Chakotay was saying. Oh, in his ah, guides. Yeah. On a scale of <laughs> Okuchimoya being the worst, and I don't know, naked Betazoid weddings. I don't know, <laughs> but naked Betazoid weddings being the ten. Right, that's yeah. the ten. That sounds awesome. <laughs> and. Akuchimoya being the one, <laughs> and naked Betazoids be- weddings being the ten. What are yeah. where? What is the scale of our favorite and <laughs> least favorite rituals in Trek? Go. Okay. All right. I have two that stick out to me in all okay. of Trek, and actually, I'm not even going to talk about Amok time because uh, we can, maybe we can get to it later. But I feel like I've talked to death about Amok time. <laughs> right. Plus, plus that's part of the example. Zach already gave us the example. Yeah, you that's can't you, use the question you. in your response. Okay. So <laughs> the two I want to talk about, and I will rate them now on your scale. The first one is the Bajorans. Okay. I give that on our scale. Uh, I would give the Bajorans just the whole view of the Bajorans like an eight out of ten. Yeah, okay. I, I really enjoy a lot of the Bajoran stories, and I love Kaiwen. She's so <laughs> just juicy, evil, and just corruptible. It is wonderful. I think she's such a compelling character. Yeah. I think they also did a good job of showing religious people in a, uh, in a spectrum. Like, we saw yes, the extreme yes. of both extremely pious to extremely corrupted and bad, and then we saw... Literally just people living their lives in prayer, like, which is Kira, you know, Kira's religious. Mm -hmm. 
And she's chill. Like, she's mm-hmm. not any extreme. Kara's chill now. She's the one Kara <laughs> was ratchet as hell. Well, like, I mean, let's be real. She was a terrorist. <laughs> like, she wasn't chill. That she was just, Season one, even season two, Kara. She was pretty ratchet. Yeah, she true. didn't find Space Jesus until, <laughs> like, season three. <laughs> she didn't find Space Jesus until he was her boss. Right. 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 <laughs> But overall, I think, yeah, I like that. But And, you know, part of it is that we had a whole series that gave it space. We got to mm-hmm. see it over time and over many, many episodes and uh, story arcs. So that's the first one that stands out to me. And then the second one is the Kelpian Baul relationship and how ritual is tied to that. Yeah. And mm. how they basically... Oh, weaponized feels a little too strong for the word, but it is literally killing Kelpians. So maybe it's not too strong of a word to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Ba'ul weaponized tradition and ritual to keep their mortal enemies in check. That is mm-hmm. gnarly right there. Yeah. And yeah, that yeah. you're talking about, I mean, actually, we weren't talking about this, but if, you know, talking about like colonizer religions, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. to me feels like a huge big red arrow pointing at using like religion to colonize people to suppress people to silence them to keep them from rising up that's what the baul did with the kelpians yeah. i was having a conversation and i don't want to derail this too much with somebody who <laughs> drew a parallel between the baul kelpian experience and europe and africa mm, and how oh my gosh humanity was cradled in africa and was like that's where you know, essentially the dominant civilization, civilizations were until the Moors around and showed Europeans how to bathe, and then they took over. <laughs> and like now, the most worldwide celebrated holiday is independence from British rule. And mm. somehow the Europeans had, you know, convinced us that anything of African descent was evil and needed to be subjugated and oppressed and enslaved mm. and da 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 da. And that's exactly what happened with the Baul and the Kelpians. Like, mm-hmm. exactly what happened. And I, I had to sit down for a minute after hearing that. <laughs> yeah, look at, I mean, the parallels. It's not even really subtle. Oh, to their gosh. credit, it's not subtle. Like, the Kelpians <laughs> were like, oh, we are meek and we're afraid of everything and we sense fear. And it's mm-hmm. really that, like, they are so damn powerful. <laughs> yeah. That, the, their oppressors were just really fucking scared of them because of their power. Gaslit them into believing Gaslit that they were prey. Yeah, a whole species. Yeah. It is not subtle, and I I yeah. applaud Discovery for going there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. So we're putting the Bajorans on an eight, oh, and yes. mm-hmm. the ba- the Baul and the Kelpians on. I guess that's kind of shittier than a Kuchimoya when you think about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> we found an even lower scale. <laughs> bar was already pretty low <laughs> i guess if the scale is like we don't like this tradition then yeah we would put it low but if yeah. it's like mm-hmm. is this is this cool portrayal of ritual and religion is it used well then i would put it higher mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i guess it, it mm-hmm. depends mm-hmm. on what the scale is because like the kuchimoya stuff is bad representation right bad portrayal yeah so yeah um it's also uh okay so maybe i should re- clearly define the the scale of a better <laughs> Well, much like much like culture, much like scales are flexible, and there mm. are different ways you can observe them. There's multi points mm. on this scale. Yes, I think. yeah. Mm. So mm. Bajorans, I still would say they're it's satisfying and well portrayed. So that's yeah. still an eight okay. both ways. But the mm-hmm. Baul Kelpian, the ritual itself that they're doing is bad. So yeah, we would put it pretty low, like really low, like a one like a two because they're killing people you're right right but the portrayal of it is awesome so i would give it like a nine or a ten Ooh, (laughs) complex i like it (laughs) i like it grace what do you think actually i want to follow that up with something that's i think kind of similar but also kind of different in deep space nine when we discover that the changelings have the gem hadar and they have this little mini ritual where the wayuns give them their ketracel white oh the wayuns the vorta yeah the vorta, the vorta. but i always think of just the wayuns species because i'm terrible 
No, it's fine. There were so many. In your defense, there was a lot of Wayoons. There were probably more Wayoons than any other Vorta characters. So. I think so. We were awash in Wayoons, let's be real. Right. There's a whole bunch of them. But they have this giving them of this drug that they are dependent on. It's a drug and it's also something that they need to survive. But ritualizing that and turning it into this is a gift from the founders. Yeah, like a sacrament. Mm-hmm. These people yeah. who you should be, who you should worship as a god, and who we all should worship as gods, because they're better than us, and they remade all of our worlds and all that, and just the taking of that and it being like it's a ritual it, that's kind of religious, and mm-hmm. at the same time we see when it happens, we see some eye rolling at it and everything, but at the same time, this is a situation where they are enforcing to these people who are who have been bred to be in a subservient species to them, basically their personal army, saying, and this is how we are going to daily enforce this idea to you. It really is a sacrament of, and you owe us for everything good that has ever happened to you, which is... Which is really uncomfortable to think about on a lot of levels. Right. Is that is that even lower than Akuchimoya and the Baul? Well, Dang, the bar keeps getting dropped. This is crazy. <laughs> well, we've got all these cultural parallels that you can draw with that also with like pharmaceutical companies getting people hooked on medications that are heavily addictive and putting them into continuous debt to these mm. pharmaceutical companies. Right, right. The right. war on drugs and how that was basically just a big smokescreen to put a lot of non-white people in jail and mm-hmm. The way we have found, I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist here, but this shit's proven that the CIA has been involved with a lot of drug addiction crises in America. Fun fact. And so just the idea of hooking a group of people on something that they can no longer function without and ritualizing it as a, yeah, you owe us for this sort of thing. Yeah. Bad. It's Mm -hmm. real bad. Yeah. (laughs) So the bar continues to drop. (laughs) (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. I forgot all about the Jem'Hadar, the poor things. <laughs> Those poor guys. They don't even yeah. know how bad shit is for them. So you mentioned that the, the naked Bajoran weddings as the as the high point. So would that be your, your other favorite? No, actually. I'm going to go cool. in a... This might be kind of a weird direction here, but as, as someone who's had to go on their own sort of exploration of ritual and tradition, this is go- you're going to call me crazy for this, but... Alexander getting to have his own personal journey of walking away from his dad and then we come back to him in the like full on Klingon culture situation and Worf being like, You're you're this isn't you, this isn't what you're doing, but the idea that he's setting out to try and find what the culture means to him personally on his own terms and how that can take you in a lot of different directions. I thought it was it was just kind of cool that they put that in there because Sometimes you are raised in a culture that you do you, well. You're never you do never get to pick the world you are born into, but you do right. should be allowed full autonomy in how it relates to you and in your own personal connection with it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was cool to portray that, especially if your dad doesn't help at yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. Shames you just shames you for not inherently knowing this thing that he also had to teach himself mm. yeah dad sorry sorry i was raised by the exact same people as you and i'm not right. turning out the way you automatically want me to i just like the idea of him as a character having that arc of no i need to figure this out on my own i need to find my mm. own relationship with this i thought that was beautiful nice and then to further cement that in star trek online if you play as a klingon yeah you deal with kim tar yeah you do his name mm. So like they even like some I mean, you know what I might play some STO tonight as a Klingon. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay! Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay, cool, cool, cool. That's on your fave. Ah, oh, jeez. I when I when I posed this question, I didn't consider the the scale of which this was being judged. <laughs> so now I am frantically rethinking things. I, as much as I I joked about it earlier, I really appreciate the ritual of, you know, the matriarch of a Klingon house grilling anyone, any woman that tries to marry into it. Particularly because women in Klingon society don't have much. Like, that's really what they got. Mm -hmm. So to see Sorella just, you know, 
rain down scrutiny upon Dax, who is, and, and Jadzia specifically. Jadzia is so used to getting things right and to being efficient and witty and charming. Because and- Dax is the shit. She gets it right every time. Right, except she didn't get it right this yeah. time. And Cirilla, Cirilla saw through all that bullshit. She said, uh-huh, <laughs> don't come in here with these fake-ass, bullshit-ass, dusty-ass, crusty-ass candles, bitch. If you can't make the real ones, don't come in here, because it seems like you don't really want to marry up into this house. And Dax was like, God damn, I, I have duty in the morning. I can't go slay a Targ for you. She's like, well, I guess maybe you shouldn't be marrying Klingons. Like, I appreciated that. <laughs> Not to make an excuse or an argument for cultural gatekeeping. Yeah. But within the, the confines of their society, that's literally all that women have. That's all That's all Klingon women have. And yeah. I appreciated seeing Sorella with her bejeweled crown, like, girlfriend had, she had accoutrement, okay? I appreciated her jewel tones, like, everything about that was, like, really, really important to me. And She gets to show up in Stowe also at one point, I think. Yeah, she's definitely part yeah. of it. And I appreciated Sorella even more for, you know, realizing that she was wrong. Right, And, yes. you know, giving, giving Jadzia her flowers at the end. So I, I really do appreciate the uh, matrimonial gatekeeping. I'm going to put that up at the Bajoran, the naked Bajoran wedding. As far as terrible things to do to people, as far as ritual or concern uh, is concerned, um, uh, do I drop the bar even lower and mention the Remans? Because we could talk about that. Oh, there's much to talk about. <laughs> like, you know, they ritualistically oppressed an entire element of their own species mm. and enslaved them. And then when they blew up their own star, apparently didn't try to save the Remans at all. Like, we don't hear about them at all now that the shit's blown up, which is weird. We see it in STO, but Picard has made no mentions of the Remans. You would think that that would be something that they would have dug into, right? I I do not understand how we went an entire first season post-Romulan collapse without seeing pockets of Reman factions gunned out of their minds, right? Because they always had the heavy artillery. Why aren't we seeing some tiny runabout raggedy ships with entirely too much firepower? (laughs) Like... You know, just just pestering and picking away at any kind of relief effort and any kind of resettlement effort, like anything that, you know, co-signs on their erasure. How the fuck did we have a movie that featured a whole new sect of this species and we just never hear from them again? Like, what? Unacceptable. So I want to say as far as, now whose fault is that as far as? Is it the Romulans' fault for ritualistically oppressing them? Is it Starfleet's fault for... It's a lot of different people's faults in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Fun, right? Yeah. A lot of people looking the other way. Yep. Just not even... Like, it goes beyond erasure at this point. It's like disavowment, right? So, I mean, maybe... I don't know if that's... Maybe it's tradition for Star... Maybe I'm reaching there. Maybe I'm just trying to get to a lower bar. It's tradition for Starfleet to say, we help everyone, and then say, oh, this is sticky. I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. a Starfleet tradition, too. It is. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. All right, so the bar is set even lower. (laughs) Cool. So now here's a great thing as we round this out. What are some traditions, rituals, religions we'd love to see adapted for space travel? I'll start. I would love to see Kwanzaa in space. Ah. I want to see Kwanzaa in space. I want to see older Jake Sisko explaining what Kujichagalia means to a child. I need him to really figure out how to explain self-determination in a post-classist, post-racist society. Oh my gosh, yeah. I really want to see what, any any other... I want to see, like, I want to see Beckett and, and Carol lighting a kinara and like drinking too much and telling old family stories Aww. and the rest of the crew being like should we be here do they know we can <laughs> see them 
that kind of stuff. I think that'd be really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, in addition to that, definitely Kwanzaa. You know, we got a little mention of Muerto Parado in Discovery. And that is a, like, <laughs> obscure tradition. <laughs> Yo, I had to Google it. I was like, is that a real thing? Is this a, is this a space Puerto Rican thing? Or is this like a real thing? I know. It's very, but people don't do it. You know, it's like very rare now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that, yeah, I would want to see more, like, you know, I'm partial. So, yes, I want to see more Puerto Rican culture. I want to <laughs> see actually the, because so much, so many, like, foods are really important to not just like Latin American and Caribbean, but also just like yeah. any African descended culture. Like the food is what connects us all, really. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. there was a meme recently that showed that tamales, pasteles, and then all these other names for them in other countries and on other islands. It's all the same thing. It literally right. all came from Africa, y'all. Tamales are, are from Africa with a lot of indigenous influence in like what you put in them. So that type of thing. I want to see like... Uh, I want to see the deep ties that all of these cultures have back to Africa and Mm. show like how beautiful that is, that African pan-Africanism, global Africanism, it still like thrives in space and in the, you know, future centuries. And then it also still ties us together and it's celebrated some way. And maybe that's a Kwanzaa celebration. Maybe I'm just saying the same thing, but I don't know. I think it could go even deeper than that, you know? No, but you're right. The the foods foods are definitely, you know, a way to bridge the gap between several cultures. I mean, earlier in his in his message, even Zach mentioned that one of his ways to deprogram and decondition is to find ritual through food. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. like to eat, so <laughs> I can get with that for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different things through food that you know, you can find commonalities with whether yeah. it's like you were saying, Alisa, or different different noodle preparations, right. you know, and yeah. how people do their broths mm-hmm. and how, you know, leafy greens are prepared from one continent to another. So there's definitely... There's there's always like a, a food that's a pocket, like a dough pocket yeah. with filling. Mm-hmm. A one-handed meal situation <laughs> exactly. is important to every culture. Yeah, I would love to see that. Yeah. That's Star a Trek. working class food. That's yeah. a working class. Mm-hmm. I got things to do. And what does that look like in Klingon culture? What's the hand yep. pie of Klingon look like? Yeah. Right. Do they have a lot of greens? Do they have hand blood pies? <laughs> <laughs> For the busy ritualistic Klingon on the go. Right. I'm good. <laughs> I've actually got a few things I would really like to see. Go. For one thing, because I... Apparently can't shut up about my Jewish background here. One thing that I really appreciate about my culture is funerary practice and how an important part of that in the mourning process is seeing someone's death as a point to celebrate their life. And God, I'm going to sound like such a goth white lady here. But say it, I, say it. <laughs> I, love, I love the idea of more representation of different cultures where they don't see death as an end-all, be-all situation, but as sort of a joyous thing. We saw a little bit of that in Voyager, where we had the aliens who think they're going to heaven, but are getting teleported to a meteorite. Mm -hmm. But I want to see more of that. I want to see more of the culture of death happens, and it is part of life, and we celebrate the life that you have lived, style mourning and funerary traditions, because they're out there, and I just don't think we really represent them enough. And I don't think we've seen enough of those in the amount of alien species we've seen, as opposed to the amount of, no, death is always bad. We don't want to talk about it. Thing. Culture. Mm, like a species that views age as like, ugh. Yeah. You, yeah. you made it. Like, yeah. still here. Yeah. And if someone dies, they like throw a party, like, they're out! They made it! Yeah. I feel like there should be more positivity around death based on the amount of different cultures we've seen or just different views on it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Another thing, um, because I'm still a little bit obsessed with this idea, is with the Andorians, we have it kind of established that marriage and relationships and couples can be more than two people. It's kind of a polyamorous society. So I want to know what wedding traditions look like for a polyamorous society. And I, I generally just want to see more representation of that. And more different ideas of, well, sometimes marriage is just a thing you do with, you know, the people who you are around to show, you know, you are close. 
Sometimes it's because you are deathly in love with someone and just different variations on that. I also just love weddings because I'm a sap, so. I want to see more space weddings. It's cute. Show me some space romance. And also, what does a big romantic wedding when five people are getting married look like? Right. Yeah. The Nobelian wedding, wedding, let's go. Yeah. How many bridezillas can you fit into a single wedding? I want to see. <laughs> or if or if Julian if Julian, Miles, Keiko and Garak finally just all Yay! tie the knot. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. But yeah, I want to see more I want to see more traditions that we as, you know, the people that we are have set ideas about and more like, well, let's explore that some more situations. Yeah, absolutely. Which I'm sure is very much me speaking, you know, very practically and to the point there. I want to see the thing, but with more things. <laughs> I want to see, like, to, like, thinking about taking, like, daily prayer breaks and stuff. Yeah. I want to see a species with a ritual that, like, once every three hours they need to, like, shout at the top of their lungs or, like, make some really loud chant. Kind of akin to whenever they were at that... that Oh, geez, at state dinner and Luxana yeah. was there. Looks Luxana and her eating gong, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> whatever she eats, it's just like a gong, right? I yeah. need their, like, every... And I want to see the people around them have to be cool about it, because you've got to respect other people's cultures. Yeah. Don't laugh that yeah. shit off, that's important to her, clearly. Right. Or she's just trying to be a pain in the butt to you guys, who can say? Who can really tell? Who can tell her? She has the right. Right. But in the shouting sense. Yeah. Right. Like I imagine like in the middle of a crisis, mm-hmm. right? Like if the engines are failing, now's not the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe to their point, if the engines are failing, now is the precise time <laughs> that I need to make this appeal yeah. to my to my family's mm-hmm. warrior protection god. Yeah. Maybe this is the time, precisely, Commander, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when you want to make peace with your deities, but I feel like right now is a great time. Right. This yeah. sounds like um, uh, an opportunity <laughs> <laughs> to maybe learn something new. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, that's about all the time we have today. Grace, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at BoneCrusherJank. And Elisa, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at Elisa Pearl on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me at that Mikey chick. That's that M-I-K-E-Y-C-H-I-C-K on Twitter and the gram. But don't act up in my comments because I will drag you publicly before blocking you. It will be a ritualistic humiliation. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Get used to it. (laughs) To learn more about our show or to contact us, visit womenatwarp.com. Email us at crew at womenatwarp.com or... Find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Women at Warp. Thanks so much for listening. This is a Roddenberry Podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.rottenberry.com.